0: Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll be proclaiming God's word today from the Psalms, Psalm 91, and particularly focusing on verses 11 and 12 that I'll read to you again now. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Father in heaven, send your holy angels to be with us so that the evil one may have no power over us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Often when we see footage of famous leaders out in public, there are these other people hovering around them close by intently. Perhaps you know who I'm talking about. Their security Their bodyguards, whether it's our own Prime Minister or the President of the United States or the Queen of England, it's considered that their role is so important, the threat to their safety is so high that they constantly have this travelling protection with them wherever they go, a detail of bodyguards. Well, one of the truths that we have revealed to us on this festival of St. Michael and all angels is that God provides you, the people of God, with a spiritual security detail in the holy angels. He sends his holy angels to be your heavenly bodyguards. So let's think a bit about this today. The protection of God's holy angels. First, let's consider the promise of this protection. And then we'll think as well about the misuse of this protection. And finally, the fulfilment of this angelic protection. So, first is the promise. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Now that really is an incredible promise, isn't it? This is just one part of the scriptures where we get this tradition of guardian angels. And here the focus is general, that God's angels generally have this charge from him to protect his people throughout life. It fits well with the Revelation reading that we had where you get this depiction of angels not as soft, chubby little cute creatures but more as something like fearsome warriors, tough guys. These are the sorts of beings that are described as those who come to protect God's people. In our Gospel reading we get another dimension of this as well where it does seem to suggest an individual guardian angel in some sense, particularly for the little ones. Jesus said, Take care that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you, in heaven their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. So you have this theme, right, through the Bibles of of the through the Bible of angels sent to guard God's people. But in this psalm in particular, Psalm 91, what are they guarding against? Well, did you notice all of the different things that are going on in the psalm? There's quite a list. It says first, the snare of the fowler, then the deadly pestilence, the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, the destruction that wastes at noonday. That's quite a list, isn't it? And when you think about all those things, it's hard to pinpoint an exact situation that all of this could refer to. Some of the imagery there is about being caught in a hunter's trap. Other phrases point to some sort of a plague, And still other parts of it seem to be describing some sort of a battle. So rather than try and pinpoint one particular situation, it seems to be more of a poetic description of the chaos and the fear that we all experience in this world in one way or another. I wonder what this sort of imagery brings to mind for you. It could be personal health concerns. It could be conflict with other people in your life. It could be spiritual attacks. It could be forces and movements out there in the world which feel overwhelming, which make you feel completely outnumbered. Whatever it is, this psalm wants us, the people of God, to know that in the midst of all that he is your shelter and your refuge and your fortress and especially today to know that he commands his angels in the midst of all of that to guard and protect you in all your ways. This, of course, is why Martin Luther encouraged us to pray in the morning and in the evening let your holy angel be with me so that the evil one would have no power over me. And maybe you think that your problems are too little and insignificant to be of concern to God and his holy angels. But notice what the psalm says. On their hands they will bear you up so that you will not even dash your foot against a stone. That seems to be making the exact opposite point. That God has given his angels a firm command to guard you to such an extent that every little detail is taken into consideration. You will not even dash your foot against a stone. Now as I read this verse, on their hands they will bear you up, an image came to mind. The image that came to mind for me was of a parent teaching their child to ride a bike without training wheels for the first time. Perhaps you can picture this. What do the parents do? Well, they hold the bike at first, don't they? And they run along with the child as they're learning. It's really quite awkward actually because you're bending down and you're running along and you're trying to hold the bike and you get a sore back and, and then at some point there comes a time when you let them go, don't you? but you still have your hands there just waiting as they go from side to side, just waiting to catch them as they fall, bearing them up so that they don't dash their foot against the pavement. Something like that is the image of the protection of God's holy angels, God's promise. This is a promise not just for you to believe but for you to pray. To claim for yourself, in the midst of danger, in the midst of fear, in the midst of any threat to body or soul, ask the Lord to send his holy angels to guard you. That's his promise, the protection of his holy angels. But next, let's consider the potential misuse of this promise Of angelic protection. Now, that may seem like a bit of a strange place to go next. So, why would we do this? Why would we go to consider the misuse of this promise? Well, for two main reasons. The first one is that as I proclaim this promise of angelic protection, some of you are rightfully thinking, well, that's all well and good until it doesn't happen. And some of you were thinking, where were the holy angels when my loved one was in that car accident? Where are the holy angels when those terrors of the night get the better of me? That's a good question. And that's something that the people of God need to think about when they hear these promises. And the other reason that we need to touch on the possible misuse of this promise is that this is one occasion where we know for 100% certain that this scripture verse can be misused in a very specific way. Because you may remember who famously quotes these words as recorded in the New Testament. Here it is from Matthew chapter 4. Then the devil took Jesus to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Now, when you hear the devil quoting the Bible you want to take notice of this and you want to be pretty careful that you are interpreting and using the scripture as Jesus and the apostles do and not as the devil does. The devil's misuse here is at two levels, I think. The first one is that he's suggesting this incredible promise of angelic protection gives a licence for recklessness. He says, come on, Jesus, God will protect you. Just jump off. Prove who he is and who you are. And remember how Jesus responds to this taunt. Jesus says, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So the message for us is this. Yes, be encouraged by God's wonderful promise of the protection of the angels. But do not use it as an excuse to be foolish. Do not use this promise as an excuse to put yourself in harm's way. Do not use it to put God to the test. But there is a deeper level to how the devil is misusing this as well. And we'll see this when we consider what the whole purpose of that temptation is. Remember, what is the devil really trying to get Jesus to do there? Basically, he's trying to get Jesus to avoid the path of the cross, to take another path. Remember, he says, you don't need to go that way for all the kingdoms of the world. He says, I'll give you all the kingdoms right now. He's saying something like this, if you really are the Son of God, a loving God wouldn't let you suffer, would he? So just jump. Let the angels catch you. But Jesus completely rejects the devil's use of God's promises. So this misuse by the devil, this actually touches on those concerns I mentioned earlier about the situations where the angelic protection just doesn't seem to happen. So we can say that firstly... God's promises of the angels to protect us, it does not mean that we live recklessly and unwisely. But secondly, these promises are also misused when we use them in such a way that we think we can totally avoid suffering in life. Because that's how Jesus responds to the devil. You get both in the scriptures you get this extraordinary promise of God's care and concern for you and you get the certain promise that you will face hardship and tragedy in life. Both are true. Even Jesus says at one point, they will put some of you to death but not a hair of your head will perish So yes, God promises to send his holy angels to guard you in all your ways, even down to the details. But that means something deeper than just bad things won't happen. It means something more like in the midst of all the bad stuff, he will still be guarding your soul from ultimate evil. It means that in and through the bad stuff he will still be bearing you up so that all things work together for good. He will finally bring you through death to life eternal in the presence of the holy angels. And this brings us to our final point for today which is the fulfilment of the promise of angelic protection. The devil tries to tempt Jesus by misusing this promise of angelic protection. But then something else very mysterious happens at the end of that account. Then we read the devil left him and suddenly angels did come and serve him. The angels come and serve Jesus after his temptation to prepare him for the rest of his ministry. Do you remember later on in the Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus prays, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. So there's the Messiah, the Son of God in human flesh in the midst of his agony about what lies ahead And the promise of angelic protection is fulfilled. But notice, not so that he can avoid suffering, but so that he can be strengthened to endure it and endure it for you. And when Peter pulls out his sword to strike the soldier, Jesus says he could have called down 12 legions of angels Perhaps on the basis of the promise, like the one we're considering today in Psalm 91. But the mystery is that the promise is fulfilled in a different way. Jesus is rescued not from suffering and death, but he willingly undergoes suffering and death. The angel strengthens him to do so, and he is brought through death to life the life of the resurrection. Do you remember who is there at the empty tomb to proclaim the resurrection? It is again the angels. So, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, ultimately this promise of protection is fulfilled in Jesus. In the life, the death and the resurrection of Christ for you, you are protected eternally. Did you hear those words in the book of Revelation that we heard today? That as the angels win this victory, they conquer by the blood of the Lamb. It's as you are in Christ and Christ is in you that you can be sure of the promise of God's protection with his holy angels always. They will guard you in Christ, not from suffering but they will bear you through suffering. And this promise is finally not even protection from death, but to be born through death to the life of the resurrection. The spiritual security detail, these heavenly bodyguards, the protection of God's holy angels, there's the promise of it, there's the misuse of it, And there's the fulfilment of it in Christ Jesus. The mystery for today as well is that these heavenly bodyguards are also the choir that we join with as we approach the altar today and sing with the angels, the archangels and the whole company of heaven. God grant it to us for Jesus' sake. Amen the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.